Welcome. Good to have you here. Middle of the week and uh, come together to talk about God's word and to pray together. Parents and grandparents that have children that are anywhere from 4 to 12 years old, I'd like to, to meet with you and talk with you about um, putting together our church policy for how we should conduct ourselves in church and playing in church. So uh, wanna, we're going to develop some, some guidelines and some, uh, some rules and some guidelines so that we're consistent with how our children conduct themselves in the chapel area in the foyer, in the, in the lobby, and in the fellowship hall. So I'm looking for your input and discussion as we walk through something that will uh, be good for our children, good for our parents, good for our, uh, our elders as they walk through, they're not threatened and run into, um, and good for our children as well so that they have a consistent um, uh, guideline and not just several different ones, one by a parent, one by a Sunday school teacher, one by truth seekers, one by a pastor, one by Mrs. or Mr. So-and-so. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, stay tuned. I'll just grab you and talk with you and get your input on that, okay? Okay? All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Turn to Psalm 37. Psalm 37 tonight. There's 40 verses, and we're not going to get through all 40 today, maybe just a portion of it. <clears throat> We've been going through the Psalms and seeing how uh, they have a lot to say about prayer and help flavor our prayer or pattern our prayers for us. Let's look at a couple of busy words here in the first eight verses. Um, verse 1, fret not. Don't fret. Instead of fretting, what do you do? Verse 3, trust. Trust and do. <laughs> Trust in the Lord and do good. Verse 4, delight. Delight yourself. Verse 5, commit. Commit your ways. Verse 7, be still and wait patiently for him. Be still and wait patiently. Also in verse uh, 34, Wait for the Lord and keep his way. So, um, again, in verse 7, fret not. Verse 8, refrain from anger. And verse 8, forsake wrath. So let's put those all together. Look at some of, the, some of the action words that are brought to us in this psalm to, 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 to pattern how we should act, okay? Fret not. We know what fretting is, right? Worry, right? Overly concerned. <laughs> Where worries tends to, to start gu guiding our whole life, our, all of our interactions and everything that we do. And, of course, how do we combat worry? The next action word in verse 3 is to trust. To trust in the Lord. To trust in him. What does it mean to trust? I think we live our whole life practicing what it means to trust. Prayer is a big part of our trusting. So instead of fretting and thinking about what can I do and what will I do, you know, that's an appropriate question a lot of times. What should I do? What will I do? But before we do that, we need to take those huge items that we can't do anything about, 
we need to make a practice, even the things that we can do something about, is presenting them to the Lord as we pray. So trusting the Lord. Prayer is a significant part of us trusting the Lord. If we're not praying a lot, we're not practicing trusting the Lord. When I was a kid, um, you know, we had six kids in the family and, and eight with mom and dad, uh, our total family. And so you couldn't just go in the refrigerator and get whatever you wanted anytime you wanted. Because if we did that, we'd have absolutely nothing in the refrigerator. Five boys and one girl, it'd be first come, first serve. I got there first, you got nothing left. So we didn't have that. What we had was we had planned meals. And so before we went and got something, we had to ask permission. Now, people think that's weird today. Um, I, I was wa- watching a commercial on some of the new refrigerators, and, you know, now they have the, the uh, window where you can just see what's in there, and they even tell you what's in there and what's missing or whatever. You can go and make your shopping list. Um, and th- on this commercial, the mother was kind of watching her daughter go in the refrigerator, and there's a shelf she couldn't get to. And so you can see in the mother's mind, she's thinking, next time I buy a refrigerator, I'm going to buy one with the shelf a little lower so my daughter can access it. And I thought to myself, that's the exact opposite of what we did when we were kids. We liable to have a lock on the refrigerator or electric shock when you touch it. You know, don't do that. Now we're trying to make it more accessible. So, boy, things do change <laughs> with generations. <laughs> and so um, we couldn't just go and get what we wanted. So what we had to do, we had to practice asking for. Mother, may I? Can I get some of this? Can I have some more Kool-Aid? Can I do whatever? We had to practice asking. Asking is a practice of trust and acknowledgement that we just don't do whatever we want to do, but God rules our lives, and we're okay with that. We trust him for that. We don't, because we have to ask to go in the refrigerator, doesn't mean we starve. God is good. He wants us to eat. He prepares for us. And so that practice of asking is a practice of trust. Practice of praying is a practice of trust. Verse 4, we looked at the word delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. I wonder if we are practicing that. Do we really delight? I know you here, you're here on Wednesday, and you're here because you love to be here. I can see it all over your face, a big <laughs> smile on your face. You just love to be here. Now, that doesn't mean everything is easy and everything always goes well, but we practice delighting in the Lord. We reminded ourselves how good God is as we serve him. In prayer, we practice delighting in the Lord. We remind ourselves of what God has done for us. Instead of gimme, 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 God is fine with the gimme. He's, he's infinite. He's unlimited. He can give more than we can receive. Um, but we need to take time out to delight. God, I love you because. God, I'm thankful because. I worship you because. We practice that when we sing. We can practice that when we pray as well. Commit is the word in verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. If you and I had to make a decision each time the question came, then we're not committed. Let me say it this way. If I have to wake up in the morning and think whether or not I'm going to love my wife today, right? (laughs) 
then I'm not committed. In other words, it depends on how things go today, who I might run into, right? <laughs> What's on my agenda? What's on my calendar today? How I feel today? Do we serve God that way? Sometimes we do. We need to commit our way to him. He's committed his way to us. Jesus has committed his life to us. So we need to commit our way to him. Again, be still, verse 7. Wait patiently. Um, waiting patiently is a part of trust. And we practice that in our prayers as well. We are praying for a number of people in our church who are going through hardships and, and going through difficult health issues. And uh, one thing that sometimes they do better than us, you know, we want to see it change. We want to see it just God just totally change the state. And sometimes they know what it means to practice waiting for the Lord. And they're saying, Lord, as I go through this, I am trusting you. And that's what waiting patiently for him. We'll get into next week why we wait patiently because God is, is for our good. And we'll see that in, in verses like verse 8. Um, well, let me finish verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil's devices. Um, let me go back to verse 2. Verse 1 says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. Why? Verse 2. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. What is it about the grass that makes this a good illustration? It says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. They will soon fade like the grass. What is it that we know and see about grass that makes this a good illustration? It's beautiful and green, but temporary. <laughs> it can look good in the season, and usually right about now it's starting getting challenged. Now this week it has some good rain, and that's brightened it up a bit. But you get into those dry seasons, and there, there, there's a season, especially here in in the northern hemisphere in in in, in Wisconsin, and Milwaukee, um, where the grass becomes dormant. It gets cold. And it stops greening up, and nothing you do is going to make it green. It's like, we're done. We're finished sprouting. He says it's temporary. It can be green and flourish, and then it can wither away. He says that's how evil people are. They seem like they're doing great now, but just wait a while. When they start to get tracked upon, <laughs> when they go through the hard times, they will not be green. They will not uh, look as beautiful because that's, that's not how life is. God has prepared some things for them and they're going to have to face those consequences. And so we should, we should recognize that uh, we make sacrifice to live holy now, but those sacrifices are well worth it, even with the struggles that we go through. So let's remind, us of, uh, let's remind ourselves of these things as we pray tonight. Uh, as we pray um, what God wants us to focus on and these things he wants us to do. All right. Evening, saints. Our meditation today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to read Amos chapter 3, 
verse 1 through 8. And we'll alternate verses. So I will read verse 1. And you will read verse 2. We're going to read it. in unison and maybe we'll read it another time we'll read it more than once today so the first time we're going to read it I'll read the God verses you read the evens we're going to stop at verse 8 okay let's all practice reading together we'll practice all reading verse 1 real quick let's try this together see if we all got it Verse 1, read with me. Wait, who all, wait, wait, first off, before we got it. Who all got an ESV version? Raise your hand. All right, if you don't got an ESV version, I'm sorry, but you can't read with us today. Amos chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Everybody there? All right. So let's practice by reading verse 1 together. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the whole family that I have brought up out of the land of Egypt. Good job, good job. All right, so you guys get it. Nobody needs to go faster. Nobody needs to go slower, okay? And let's play the music a little bit louder. Who's back there in the sound? Who's in the sound booth? Can you turn his uh, guitar on? Give us a little bit of oomph here. Thank you. All right. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the whole family that I have brought up out of the land of Egypt. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? Does a bird fall in a snare on the earth when there is no trap for it? Does a snare spring up from the ground when it has taken nothing? For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. This is what we'll do. I will read verse 1. And we will alternate lines. Does your Bible separate the verse into lines? Okay, so when we get to verse 2, you see, for example, it says in verse 2, You only have I known. I'll read that part. And then you guys will read, Of all the families of the earth. And then I will read, Therefore I will punish you. And you will read, For all your iniquities. Now, the only weird one that gets to is all the way down in verse 7. You'll read the last two lines. Okay? That's the only odd-numbered one. Okay? Let's try that. I will read all of verse 1. 
in the first line of verse 2. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the whole family that I have brought up out of the land of Egypt. You only have I known. Therefore I will punish you. Do two walk together? Does a lion roar in the forest? Does a young lion cry out from his den? Does a bird fall in a snare on the earth? Does a snare spring up from the ground? Is a trumpet blown in a city? Does disaster come to a city? For the Lord God does nothing. The lion has roared. The Lord God has spoken. All right. What are these verses about? Not being in control. What do we call that? Sovereignty of God. What else? What's the point of these verses? Okay, the Lord has a reason to be angry. I think that's getting close to the point. The punishment of the people. Okay, we're getting close to the point. Okay, that's, that's somewhat close to the point. He's right to judge them. Okay, somewhat. What's the point of what all he is saying? All right, let's go through this verse by verse and see if you can follow what the point is here. It says in verse 1 and verse 2, what is he saying? What's different about Israel than anybody else? God chose him. So now what is God going to do? God is going to punish him. All right, so what's the point of those verses is? God holds accountable those who are close to him, right? All right. Verse 3, do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet. What's that? What's that mean? Not just a coincidence, right? Verse 4, same thing, right? Verse 5, same thing. All right. Verse 6, what happens there? A trumpet is blown and what happens? All right, and then if the city gets destroyed, who did it? The Lord, all right. So the object here is looking at sovereignty. But then, verse seven, it kind of changes. The Lord does nothing without what? Revealing the secrets to the prophets. All right, now if we were to stop at verse six, what would we understand? We would understand this, that the sovereignty of God is determining everything, which is not false. But it's not quite to the point yet. In verse 7, the reason he's saying this is this. The reason why he does it is revealed to who? His prophets. 
What's the whole point of the book of Amos? What's the point of the book of Amos? That Amos might explain the Lord's intentions for what he's doing, right? Think of it this way. We can all see 9-11. It don't take a genius to see that the buildings fall down. But it's only the Lord who can provide a meaning for that disaster, right? Yes, God has sovereignty and God is under control. But why does he do what he does? Who can explain what he does? Only the Lord. Now who re does he reveal what he does and why he does what he does to his prophets? The whole point is this. That God is doing as he chooses to do. And he only reveals why he does what he does to his prophets. So if we understand, if we want to understand God, who do we got to know? We got to understand his prophets, by whom he speaks. The whole point of all the prophets is this. Anybody could see, for example, in the book of Joel, anybody could see that locusts ate up all the fields. But only the prophet of the Lord could look at that and say, that is a judgment of God, and it points to the day of the Lord. Anybody could see that a city get destroyed, and somebody blowing a trumpet saying we're under attack. But the prophet is saying God did it, and the prophet is saying why God did it. And that's important. In fact, it's more important that it happened. It's more important to understand why it happened. Don't you think so? Even the world knows what happened. You can turn on CNN. Why did it happen? We only got his prophetic word, don't we? If we did not have his word, we would not have why. That's the point of the passage. Well, we'll see as we go through the book of Amos, whether he's aiming for repentance or whether he's aiming to expose, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's true. That's true. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, yes, you can ask why, but why can you ask why and the world can't? Who do you know that can give you the answer? It's God. Who can the world ask? Nobody. They got nothing, right? We turn to the Holy Spirit, they turn to Google. All right? Google can tell you what happened, but Google can't tell you why God did what he did. Only the Lord can tell you why he did what he did. We have the spirit of the prophets in us, don't we? Joel says all his people shall see visions and dreams, dreams, meaning that in the New Testament era, we are have the spirit of prophecy in all of us. Amen? I'm not saying that we all gifted prophets or anything like that, but what I'm saying is God tells us the reason he's doing what he's doing. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. All right, thank you guys. Good evening. Uh, focus tonight is uh, obviously the we we have a Beverly in the hospital and Mrs. Uh, Lola Spears and Minnie Kathy. So I would like someone to pray for those three. And then 
many of you know. Well, we, we've been having, a, last week we had a, uh, 77 people at church. That's like a Christmas service. <laughs> and I think we had five or six visitors. So, uh, and we have, you know, the guys from the Milwaukee Rescue Mission, they come. And, uh, you know, if you really look, we've had, you can name all the guys that came and left, but we do have one guy that's been here for a couple of years, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan's been here a couple of years, and he comes, and he's here, he's just Jonathan. So um, the people that come <coughs> in, I, th I, I would just pray that, I, I would like to pray for them that, that we make a connection with them, that we, you know, maybe sometimes we'll take them to uh, maybe Starbucks, McDonald's, or just, you know, get to know them. Because I remember coming into church, and this is one reason why I love Bob Kenner so much. Bob took an interest in me, and he just, he used to pick me up from work, and take me to work. I'm not saying do all of that. But sometimes people get in, and one thing about visitors, they like to leave right away. <laughs> so during the, the greeting time, seek out a visitor. It's not many of us. We can tell who somebody's here, so seek them out. I want to pray that some of these visitors be a part of our church. You know, uh, some of these people, like Jonathan, we have a couple of new members, uh, Katrina, Jonathan. You know, we add slowly. We have people right in our church. Uh, that that we can evangelize and talk to. So I want to have someone pray for our visitors that they will become a part of our ministry and then have someone pray for uh, the three people that I mentioned for being ill and then I'll close us out. So I won't pick anybody. Okay. And can someone... Michelle. Hi. Can you pray for those who are sick? God, thanking you so much for the prayers for our visitors and for those who are sick. And I'd like to add uh, Bob to, uh, to those who are not feeling well and who would love to be here, Lord. And we know and what faithful saints you have. I just think of Beverly's faithfulness and Bob's faithfulness and the ministries and the examples they've been before us, Lord. And, and even many, the short time she's been here, jump right into uh, the clothing ministry and and the garden harvest, Lord. So I pray for those people, Lord, and for Beverly. What a, just what a, a warrior she's been with all the illnesses, Lord. And I thank you so much for Charles. Strengthen him during this time, Lord, and, and, and Charmone and Lawrence, Lord, and, and her children and family, Lord. And Lord, we don't know what your plan is, Lord, but I've seen your plan work in the lives of those who are ill that you draw their family members, Lord. So. If it's your will to draw her family, those who are unsaved or even some of our unsaved members, Lord, that you just might use this time to do that, Lord. 
And I thank you, Lord, for the, the people at the Milwaukee Rescue Mission. And it's just something you've given me in my heart to always want to help men who've gone through problems. And um, I just pray, Lord, that um, I know that they hear the word when they come here. That's one thing I know for sure. And I pray that you open up the hearts of our people, Lord, that they will receive souls you're walking right in our church. So we just pray your blessings on, on uh, our visitors. We pray that you send us more. Last week was full for our church, and, we, and what a powerful message they heard, what powerful praise and worship they heard, choir songs. And so, Lord, we just pray that you continue to work in our lives, that we might do, be the people that you've called us to be and uh, just minister to those who you send right in our doors. For Christ's sake, amen.